0: a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Hi, everyone. Today's podcast is called Distracted Parents Staying Connected, and it's from an article that I did a while back for Sun Sentinel, and I thought it was a really great time to revisit it because it's just so easy to fall under that slippery slope of multitasking and being efficient and doing more. And so um, let's look at some strategies for how to stay connected, even though we're very, very, very distracted in this world. And I don't want you to think of this as a time of extra guilt, or of perfection parenting it's not but it's really um, because I want you to be distracted and I want you to make your own goals a priority and I want you to take care of all the grown-up stuff that you have to take care of I just want you to also remember uh, when it really matters to stay connected so finding that balance between adult commitments multitasking, doing all of the things you need to accomplish in a day and being present for your child um, so that they really see, feel and hear that unconditional love that you have for them. So I'll start with a question. How many times a day do you catch yourself tuning out the seemingly endless demands and questions of your child? Um, and it's okay you know you waited for your little one to start speaking and then all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh I can't listen anymore Um, so it starts in an innocent way with like maybe if I don't answer he'll just go figure it out and take care of it all by himself and I can finish my emails or I can finish dinner or I can finish whatever that millionth thing that I need to do in a day but soon enough, if there isn't a fire or blood, you get pretty good at not hearing what they're demanding, asking for, or interrupting for. Um, so that's not necessarily a problem when you're doing the adult stuff, But uh, because I do think it's okay to, um, to redirect from those minor interruptions. But I think that there is a very, very slippery slope To distracted parenting when very good parents check out because they're trying to do too much and those are the times when you're picking up your child from school but your head is still finishing up that project at work or you're sitting at the dinner table, half listening to your child while laughing at a text from your best friend or working on tomorrow's to-do list. So distracted parenting creates an unintended spiral of negative attention, which also then brings about lots of challenging behaviors from your child. So we have to sometimes reflect on is it the circumstances, the environment, the conditions that our child is under that's creating some of those unattractive or um, challenging behaviors that we wish would go away? So I do think that with itness is the antidote um, to a lot of. Um, the stress and anxiety and frustration that you might be facing during stressful routines. It's, it is the act of unconditional love. And most, most, most importantly, it's giving children attention that doesn't have to be earned, negotiated, or charmed. You want children to know that they are heard, seen, and loved without having to prove anything or do anything right in order to get it. It just it just should be the nature of the relationship that they are valued. So that might seem like a tall order, but I think that it is that bottom line respect that we want in all of our relationships. So we'll take a deep breath and we'll think about the different ways that we can create awareness and with itness as we interact with our children. So let's start by that sense of awareness because of course mothers are the queens of multitasking you know we're always doing 99 things at a time where sometimes that other gender sometimes looks like it is only doing one thing at a time and that might have something to do with brain chemistry but we need to be really really clear that multitasking is a myth Um, Stanford University did a study on it in 2009 and if you just Google it you'll see that there are lots of things that um, are done far better when we when they have our undivided attention so let's understand that most multitaskers according to stanford university are pretty lousy at everything um, that they that they're just getting by they're feeling like they're checking things off the to-do list but they're robbing themselves of the experience and possibly robbing the world of doing things better. So for parents, go ahead and combine mindless activities such as washing dishes and listening to the evening news. Of course, unless you're doing a zen and, and dishwashing, in which case you only want to be washing dishes. But um, notice um, how the other times when you're when you're checking your Facebook and it's pulling you away from your child. Notice that that there are times when you're only half engaged. Um, And what I want you to do is realize that five minutes of undivided attention fuels your child for independence. If you check in, then you are encouraging and inspiring them to play more independently, to be self-sufficient in a zillion ways just by you giving them that little boost of attention. And also remember the corollary is equally true, and that is distraction fuels your child's demandingness because they have that emotional sense that it's the same thing when you go on your telephone and they're like all of a sudden they can't stop talking to you. Um, So realize that when you are distracted, they sense it, they feel you pulling away and they actually feel a little lost to that. And so emotionally they have to reconnect. And so you kind of see that whiny demandingness. So multitasking undermines your child's ability to be independent, to be efficient, to be a problem solver. It also undermines the effectiveness of discipline because your child must quickly learn to maneuver between the gaps of your attention. And so what happens is they know that you don't mean now when you say now and you give them the opportunity to continue doing what you just asked them to stop multitasking will add to your frustration and it will increase the time you need to manage and handle challenging disciplines behaviors. So deep breath, remember that, and we know this from all the new brain research, that connection gives your child the emotional base to be able to learn and make better choices in terms of behavior. It also gives your child the ability to respect what you're saying and doing in a way that distracted parenting robs them of it. So your next tip, in addition to awareness, is to fully utilize those daily routines. Magda Gerber used to say that if you're present for the caregiving time, you've established the foundation of the relationship. And you don't have to worry about, all that mm, engagement in terms of entertaining or playing with your child. Children are happy playing on their own, but listen to the number of times that you're going to change a diaper. According to the Real Diaper Association, you will change six to 8,000 diapers in the life of your child, each child. That's three, not to mention that you're going to be there for three to five meals a day. So that's somewhere between your child eating 1,095 to 1,825 meals a year. Okay, that's a lot of diapers and meals. If you are present for that, not to mention the middle of the night waking, you taking your children in and out of bed, that's another 730 to 1400 times a year. Uh, By tuning in to those times, your children are guaranteed your attention at least once an hour each day, every day. You'll discover that your child needs you less to entertain her because she already has all that positive attention. It's all, her needs have already been met through that connection, so she will be free to be independent, to be a problem solver, and to be um, less demanding of your time which then brings us to children's interaction with toys and with their playtime. According to the National PTA, changes in toys and playtime have changed children's ability to play creatively and independently. We might be a little bit to blame for that. Sometimes it's the adults who just don't let the children play. We talk, we show, we get in the way of a perfectly brilliant adventure. If we could trust that children really do know how to play, that whatever they're doing has value to it, then, and that it's really significant to their long-term brain development, children could do more without as much involvement from parents. So next time, instead of jumping into your child's perfectly planned playtime, sit back and watch or have that moment of benign neglect Let nonverbal attention speak for you instead. A smile, a touch, or sharing a knowing moment, like, yeah, I saw what you just did, but you don't even have to say it. They will feel the connection from your body, from your eyes, from your smile. A nod and and an emotional connection is sometimes far stronger than the verbal connection, which is also an interruption. So go ahead and let your child feel your pride, your joy, and your encouragement without words. You'll harness the powerful, peaceful energy of being with it, of that with itness that goes um, that allows you to then go ahead and do those other adult tasks that you want to do. Which brings us to the most important place for you to be connected to your child. And be less distracted by your other commitments and that is when your child is having big emotions you need to pause for feelings so that you can hold your child's feelings in a way that your child can then understand what's coming from within and how that affects his mood his behavior And his general well-being so what i want you to be able to do is 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 pay attention so that you have this barometer of whether your child is happy or sad eager or frustrated gentle or angry acknowledging an emotion lifts it to a place where your child can understand it better and then you create the loving space for your child to grow emotionally and socially In order for us to teach that emotional literacy, we have to be there to help your child acknowledge, recognize, understand, and express that whole range of human emotions. So that means we have to slow down for children's emotional lives. And by doing that, your child then gains the ability to have the awareness themselves and to be able to make those better choices of um, what to do when they feel that way, how to ask for help, how to really describe what they need. Um, because that's where the emotion coaching needs to needs to happen in the moment and happen. Um, without us trying to do 99 other things or rush your child through it um, so that you can move on to the next thing. It's going to be really, really critical to take that pause for emotions, Not to mention, take the pause for our own emotions. Because if we're too distracted to know that we are angry and frustrated and disappointed and all of those other things that happen in our day, by the time you're tucking your children in at night, you feel spent and wiped out when you might feel a little bit differently if you had the time to acknowledge your own emotions throughout the day. Now, I know that that can sound like um, high expectations or an an expectation to be more perfect, I don't want you to feel that way. Um, I want you to really honestly know that nobody can parent 24-7, 365 days a year. It's the the most unrealistic expectation. So yes, you need time away from your children where you're not distracted by them. You need time alone, time with friends, time as a couple. You need time, um, which is, of course, the hardest commodity to come by. Um, but what I want you to know is give yourself that break. But I think by being present and being connected, we actually end up filling ourselves up at the same time that we're filling up our children. And so um, this is not a demand to be present all day long, every day. This is a, de- an, a request to experiment with um, being connected and a little less distracted um, part of the day so that you can really enjoy the moments that are there for you. Um, and you know our favorite mantra, both for your child and for yourself, is see me, hear me, love me. And I hope you'll have time um, in this crazy, crazy time of year to, um, to really listen and see and feel what's going on in your families, and in yourself. So take good care. Um, I'm looking forward to a really fun podcast next week where we have some teacher parents who will be talking about how to speak with young children so that they understand, so that they get it, um, so that you're not over-talking, under-talking, but really respecting and engaging them with language. So that should be a really great continuation of this week's podcast. Have a great week, everyone.